0: Hello and welcome everyone to the Racing with Robin Roller podcast. I'm Josh Roller and joining me as always is Rob Peters. We're really light on the news this week, uh, but the new short track package and rain tires uh, were used at Martinsville Speedway, so we got a lot to talk about and unpack there. Uh, IndyCar has a new race winner and the guy who finished second... Uh, He's bound to win sometime this year, too. We'll talk a little bit about that. He's lurking in the shadows. And, um, hey, do more people watch NASCAR when Chase Elliott is racing? Is that why ratings are down? Rob and I will uh, talk a little bit about that later today, because Kevin Harvick alluded that's why. So, let's talk, let's get jump right into the news right now uh, and get things started here with what little Rob has to share
1: with you in the racing report. Take it away, Rob. Uh, it's not much, but there's still a lot to talk about. But, uh, hey, let's talk about the uh, first thing that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the cars that go straight in, in a straight line and go 300 miles an hour. Some of them do. Uh, a lot of them still go over 200 miles an hour. Uh, you know, the beautiful nitro uh, symphony that is the NHRA. Because Tony Stewart has won in his fourth career start in the NHRA Top Alcohol Dragster... At the Strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. So now, Tony Stewart, to his ever list long list of accomplishments, is now going to add drag racing winner yeah. <laughs> uh, to that. Uh, winning uh, the finals of a drag racing event, which is not an easy feat. No. Let me tell you something. I, I look, we don't talk a lot about drag racing on this show because, be honest with you, Josh and I, not a lot. We don't really follow it as much as. Maybe a lot of the drag racing fans do. And to be honest with you, I'll say something to just get myself crucified right, right away. Uh, I've actually never been to the U.S. Nationals at IRP. Nor I've lived I. in Indianapolis my entire life and I've actually never been to the U.S. Nationals. I haven't either. It is something I have meant to do. It is something I have genuinely meant to do. It's just I need to find someone to go with me and I need to make sure I have the Proper ear protection, because for you know, a cup race, that's one decibel level. Um, dragsters are a whole nother level when it comes to the decibel levels. I mean, it's like one up from the cup cars, from the Indy car. At the Indy car, dude, IndyCar car doesn't even sound as bad as it used to. But before they went to this current engine configuration, I Josh, when your first Indy five hundred wasn't sorry, but you so you wouldn't remember this, but when they ran those V8 naturally aspirated things, those things were loud. Those things were loud, yeah. Those things were so... I just remember, you know, the first time I heard those cars in person, like in 2012, going to like the first... What was it? Pole day, I think it was. It was the first time I heard them. Or bump day. Pole day or bump day. Maybe the open test. It was actually the open test. I was just so surprised. that I it was like, wow, these cars, this isn't that loud in comparison. I was like, I, obviously, you still want to wear ear protection, but it's like, you know, you, you don't need something like the big headphones. You know, a pair of earplugs will do. You know, and that wasn't the case beforehand. Like, a pair of earplugs would not have done you any good in 2011, man. <laughs> it would have just barely muted it. So, But anyway, uh, talking about Tony Stewart, who uh, raced in these super loud IRL cars, too. <laughs> uh, he won in an NHRA uh, top alcohol dragster. So that is uh really, really cool. Like some people have said, you know, what's let's, let's see, Tony Stewart's got NASCAR wins, he's got IndyCar wins, he's got uh he's got he's got tons of USAC wins, more USAC wins than you can imagine. Um, he's got SRX. He's got SRX, yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: you know, his he's, he's he, how um, many how many crown jewels of dirt racing has he won? Uh, so and I know of his sprint car and USAC. Or excuse me, his midget racing and USAC, um prowess, but I'm not as familiar with his accomplishments in the winged sprint cars as Nor I am, am with him. I,
0: but, I mean, he's won a lot. He's won. He's, I know, he, like,
1: but like I'm a, asking, he, like, has he won like, I did, has he ever won like the Knoxville Nationals before? I'm gonna look this up before I move on, Josh, because I'm awful. I have no idea. I, Josh, I this not, is ADHD. This is what happens when I I haven't been medicated in seven. Is eight year ish years, my ADHD kicks in and I'm going on finding out how many you know accomplishments Tony Stewart has, even though I should know these. Um, Prelude to the Dream. Okay, Chili Bowl winner. So okay, so yeah, really, really not much in the winged sprint cars anyway. So I guess I was totally wrong. That was entirely a waste of time. Oh, well. Uh, we'll move on to the next piece of news here, because uh, we've got IndyCar news. Lots and lots and lots of IndyCar news. Uh, the Indianapolis Star reports that Aero McLaren is in talks with Andretti Autosport to purchase Andretti's old shop and move into it once the team moves to its new facility in Fishers, Indiana, in 2025. Aero McLaren is also considering going to four full-time teams in 2024 in order to make room for Alex Palou and retain Felix Rosenquist. This would be very interesting and also... Very interesting indeed, because weren't wasn't Arrow McLaren weren't, weren't they building a shop in Whitestown by my parents' house? Uh, like no. what?
0: It, it hasn't broke ground. They haven't broke ground on it. I think it's been just delayed, and there's more or, or maybe it's going to be cheaper to purchase a Andretti's old facility, and 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 maybe Alec reallocate some of those resources that for that millions, millions, millions of dollars that would take to build one. And just buy the old Andretti facility since their new facility, I think, is going to house everything under the Andretti banner. So,
1: oh wow, yeah, wow. And Fisher's is Fisher's is booming right now. You know, there's a there's they got that IKEA store up there now. They got the yeah. Top Golf. They got uh, the IKEA and the Top Golf are like right across the street from each other. They got IKEA,
0: Top Golf, and um, Portillos all right there. What yeah, and the Portillos. News?
1: That's right. The Portillos. We need, well, well I, I got from. a Portillos by me in Greenwood.
0: So I wish I had a
1: Portillos down in, in, in the Carolinas, man. That's you have stuff. cookout and Bojangles and Raising Canes. Actually that's not true. Noblesville got a Raising canes. Yeah, and we don't have I
0: don't have a there's not a Raising Canes in Charlotte. Oh, there's not? No.
1: Okay. But you still get cookout.
0: Got cookout, got Bojangles, yeah. Yeah. But have I you ever por- had or- Roy
1: Rogers or is that not in
0: mm, no, I
1: haven't. Do they not have any in North Carolina?
0: If they do, I don't know where one's at.
1: I've always wanted to try Roy Rogers. I tried Rax and Del Taco in Ohio, and I loved it. They they were both on the same street. It was amazing. Um, um, speaking yeah. of streets... <laughs> yeah, speaking of... yeah. Speaking of streets... See, Josh, I, I know how to do this. I can segue after my ADHD kicks in. More on this later, uh, because we will talk about this, but this is pretty cool. The Detroit Grand Prix... Uh, has announced that they will make half of its viewing areas free to the public. A move that Penske recognizes uh, will likely mean the the race will be a complete financial or it'll lose money instead of make money. But uh, he wants to do this mainly just to give back to the city uh, and hopefully to instill a a large amount of uh, support for the race, you know, because there was there was pushback about the race being on Belle Isle you know there were some locals who didn't like the fact that there was that they lost their park which i get it if the park is very important to you you know it it would probably upset me too if something like that was closed to me several months out of the year uh, every year that would i get it so you know but here this is pensky saying okay thanks for having us in Belle Isle all these years. now here here's a street race, a unique street race that we're gonna put downtown Detroit still like across from Belle Isle, but not on Belle Isle. Um, and you'll be able to uh, see it for free if you want. You'll be able to see it for free, which is which is so great, So great because I know this isn't written on the script, but I and, and this is not my ADHD. this is actual news. Uh, Adam Stern tweeted this uh, uh, today on Monday. Um, that, uh, I guess there is a heavy demand from the Las Vegas Grand Prix, uh, to increase the amount of general admission tickets. Apparently there's, because people can't afford it. People are, like, upset that there's not enough general admission tickets because they literally cannot afford the, the, the grandstand tickets. And it's, it's insane to me to think that they're, like, this
2: is a problem. Like, just lower the prices of the grandstands. Yeah,
0: well, but hey, uh, that's not the way F1 works, so.
1: I understand they have to, like, this, this event, like, has to make money, right? But it's a yeah. three-year contract. You have three years to make money. And you they don't have, have to price gouge to people now. You price gouge them later. Yeah. You get them hooked, and then you price gouge them. Come on, this is basic stuff. Every drug dealer does this. Like, this is not hard. This is this is not hard economics to understand, guys. If if a drug dealer can understand this, I'm pretty sure a bunch of people in coats and suits can understand this as well. Like and a lot of faith. This, in and, and, and Roger Penske gets it, because because what, what he's gonna do is he's gonna say, okay, uh, yeah, here, you guys can all just sit here for free, and then maybe next year, maybe in two years, maybe not next year, maybe two years, I don't know. Maybe we charge you uh, 15 bucks, but by that by that point. They'll be like, oh, but I love this race so much. Yeah, I'll pay 50, 15 bucks. Mm. I mean, I, look, look at the Indy 500. I, I can look up in front of me at my uh, ticket shrine. Uh, tickets go from 75 to 80 to 85 uh, to 103. And I think they're more than that now. Oh, for sure. And yeah. and I just paid it. I I... It kept, I, I, I got, when I was in high school, I got like one big check in April for playing uh, music at Easter, right? And that was what I used my money. It was like 250 bucks. And I used a, either a portion of that money, or in the case of like my senior year, I used all of it. <laughs> I used darn near all of it, right? Um. But I was not going to miss it. And, that's how this works. That's how this works. You get people hooked on the racing. So Penske gets it, but those people down in LA, they still are, or excuse me, Las Vegas, not LA. Las Vegas are still are still struggling to understand that concept. Um, let's move on here into some, ah, uh, just tragic, tragic, bad NASCAR news. Um, so uh, we have an answer for why the 51 car, Rick Ware Racing, had Matt Crafted in it. Uh, the personal issue from Cody Ware was that he was arrested on April 10th in Iridale County, North Carolina, according to a report from the Iridale Free News and confirmed by FrontStretch.com. According to the Iridale County Jail Records, Ware was booked Monday morning at the Iridale County Detention Facility in Statesville, North Carolina. And, uh, the Free News also reports that Ware faces a felony charge for assault by strangulation as well as a misdemeanor assault on a woman. Um Cody Ware has was indefinitely suspended by NASCAR um following his arrest uh from what I understand further um he was uh he he made bail on on Monday afternoon uh, and then I believe they brought forth more charges later Friday um and I don't know if I I think he made bail again I, but I know the bail was was Still put up or whatever, but I, I think he had to wear an ankle monitor on Friday. I can't remember if he's in jail or not, but I think he's out. I think he's he's still on bail. So again, everything uh, is alleged until the trial comes out. So, um, that's really all I have to say about that. Other than you know, prayers for the victim. I hope that uh, she is able to recover from from everything and is able to get the help that she needs. Domestic violence is. No, no joke, no joke. Um, there are resources out there. There are resources out there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and segue, segue into some better news. Uh, we had a driver return to NASCAR. Chase Elliott, fan favorite Chase Elliott. Well, he's fan favorite now since Dale Jr. is not around anymore. Uh, he's fan favorite. Uh, he returned to racing at Martinsville, finishing tenth. And in fact, if you didn't know that Chase Elliott was Returning to racing, boy, NASCAR sure let you know with their multiple commercials saying "Chase oh, is yeah. back, Chase is back." Yeah, yeah, NASCAR.
0: <laughs> oh, how many posts did you see on it over the? I mean, I I forget what day I, they announced that he was coming back. Um
1: like wednesday or thursday wednesday. I mean, okay
0: yeah. I, I was at a racetrack myself all week with uh with with my work so i was not paying attention to the outside world at all <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, um, how it, that's how that's yeah. how it goes when you're in a racetrack man
0: <laughs> always so when but I, I i was scrolling through the feed looking at stuff from my for my work and our drivers and i'm like well uh, nascar is definitely letting you know that hey our golden boy's back. Our Golden Boys is, is, is able to climb into a car and race and climb out fast enough in Casey he Rex, he's safe enough. He's 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 she to race guys
1: he's come clear. to the Yeah, it, it was um it's like a desperate ploy to get people to watch almost it's like desperation but 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 what also bugged me was it's like, why can't you market your other drivers like this?
0: because they're not I'm not going to go there. I can't I can't go there.
1: I know you can't go there, but I'm going to go there anyway, because it bugged me, NASCAR. It bugged me. I think that you should market your other drivers like that. Wait, you, you see nothing about Kevin Harvick's, like, yeah, Kevin there's
0: Harvick's been nothing. There's nothing like, this is the last time Kevin Harvick, like, going completely to... completely forgot
1: about it until Mike Joy mentioned it, like, during practice.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what...
1: Like, he mentioned, like, sure. this was the second to last time he was going to race at Martinsville, and I was like, that's right, Kevin Harvick's retiring. Man, that's yes. going to suck. You know, it's like, market these guys. Market these guys. We'll talk about it later, but... Here's here's this something. Here's, here's the last piece of news uh, that I'm going to talk about the, today. Uh, and it's a pretty interesting nugget that Adam Stern posted a, a very very thorough and long article um it, it's a long read but i do recommend re- reading it it's it's uh i i i think sbj did not pay well i think you can it's like metered or whatever so it's like as long as you have like one of the five articles five free articles or whatever or if you open it in incognito or whatever or use a vpn or i don't care i don't care what you do anymore i don't work for newspapers anymore i don't care what you do <laughs> uh, anyway uh you can uh, read it. I do recommend read it because there's a lot of different nuggets uh, in in the story. Um and one of them that came out is is I guess that nascar's that the the next gen California is that there's there's a nugget in there na- that Adam Stern notes. he he writes it at least three times. So I, I don't think it's a typo, but he notes that the short track that is the pr- the proposed short track on the site of California Speedway is set to be temporary is it's going to be a temporary short track so it's not going to be permanent
2: very very odd this this is
0: this is disappointing it i feel uh lied to i feel like this is just a middle finger this is okay it's like it's like one thing like i understand like and he noted in that article like you know nascar was making this is a business decision they are taking the money and running on this right and now they're taking the money even more running and they're gonna do a temporary track so it puts the um future of what socal and nascar looks like really into question like what the what what the hell does that look like and so, instead of going to Kern County and saying, "Hey, why don't we give you a few million dollars and let's build a proper pit road and let's have some races here it'd be so much cheaper it'd be so much better
1: so much um, cheaper. Or, it would just be cheaper in general they would not have if, if it's if, if it's like five million dollars to re- renovate Kern county and it's like five hundred million to like upkeep california speedway like what what are we doing at that I, point? I
0: don't know this is this is Okay, remember how remember how we had that upshift downshift question about the whole next gen California? How NASCAR just lazily put a their yeah their logo on it? This just is further evidence. Like, WTF? They yeah,
1: don't know what they're doing. They have, they they have no
0: clue what they're doing. They have no idea. They have no idea what they're doing. And oh, but, it's
1: but, but well, it's what, just, what really concerned me the most. I apologize. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, what what. What concerned me the most was the fact that at the, at the bottom, there's a quote from Steve O'Donnell where he straight up says, like, he envisions a NASCAR where they're going mostly to, like, half permanent circuits and half, like, temporary circuits. And I'm, I'm just sitting here like, so, you guys are now realizing that racetracks don't make money, Right. And then I'm sitting here also wondering. Racetracks don't make money if you're strictly a racetrack. Yeah. If you're not
0: using the racetrack, okay, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, we work for people in motorsports. We, some people don't like to call them racetracks, they're entertainment facilities. Yeah. So well, IMS if is the same way. Yeah. IMS, I, IMS is the perfect example of that because it, it created that evolution. I think it created the evolution.
1: It has a literal them. concert zone, a very yeah. good concert zone, a very affordable concert zone. Like it's it, honestly, I I think I've seen better concerts at, at IMS than I have at like Bolon or at like Deer Creek. Yeah, but so
0: it, it's it, it, But they created when they when they they realized it couldn't be a one trick pony, so they brought Brickyard in. Then they brought Formula One, and then from Formula One on, it was like okay, we can do other things here. And now they weren't the first track to like have concerts and whatnot there but it's the pr- biggest example of you gotta be more than just one race or two races
1: absolutely to, to,
0: to do your thing and i don't know again i never spent time looking at what does auto club speedways events calendar look like but if you're not putting the effort into it and i get the land's worth the crap ton but if you're not putting the effort into Having bigger events there that aren't just cars zooming around the the main reason that that place was built, it's your own damn fault. So I agree. I mean, look, Atlanta's having a monster jam on on, on the front stretch this week. Uh, yeah, week yeah. Now. Okay. Daytona, and,
1: Daytona had a soccer game in its infield. Yes. Last year. That in was that, crazy. So there's just
0: what in. That's part
1: is doing some things. Like, Daytona is, an, is you know, an ISC track, right? So right. NASCAR gets it. But th- this is the thing... This is the other thing that I note about that, is that it t- talks about the SMI tracks and, and all the different things that they they do. Like, it, it really looks... And I'm not saying this just, like, to kiss up to you because you work for SMI or trying to get a job from SMI or whatever. I'm saying this straight up. They do a great job. They do, they honestly, do. a great job of making their tracks, like, have a lot to do. You know, people criticize Texas all the time, but I've only ever heard good things about the fan experience at Texas. I've only ever heard good things. Like, you can criticize the racing all day, but you can't say a bad thing about how nice it is to go see a race there. You know, at the end of the day, you might not enjoy the racing, but you definitely enjoy the facility, which is a good part of the, the experience. You know, and 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 they also do a good job. SMI also does a good job of being just in general open minded to, you know, hosting other racing series. Like, I mean, I'm not just talking about IndyCar. I'm not, yeah. I mean, obviously, IndyCar is the number one thing. ISC there, is losing like, a lot there of a potential big, model
0: race in New Hampshire this weekend that right. on, on the actual mile track. And, yes. and, uh, um, like the Roval is used in the spring for SCCA. Right. And the Roval has
1: Trans Am races, too. Yeah, so it's And IMS does the same thing. IMS learned that it's important, because here's the thing. IMS doesn't have to sell the the place out. They just have to, at the very least, break even. And usually, they do a pretty good job of that. You know, Doug Bowles has really nailed it when it comes to that. The BC39 is always packed. The Brickyard has its moments. It's had better years than, than, than some, I think, I hate to say it, as, as much as you and I both agree that it should move back to the, to the oval, there's a lot of fan interest in, at the very least, watching the NASCAR road course races, there's a lot of fans that hate it, there's a lot of fans that hate it, but there's interest, there's local interest, you know, there's, again, there's people that are like, oh, no, I, they should be on the oval, I hate it, but they're watching it, and they're going to it, you know, they're hate watching it, Right? Yeah. And 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 they they do such a good job of of doing that. And then you see NASCAR in this article, NASCAR talks about it's like, okay, well we're gonna basically saying they're gonna use the the money that they got from the, the California Speedway sale to just pay off the debt that they incurred from acquiring ISC. And I'm I'm like, what did they expect? Was gonna happen. So now, so now they can do whatever they want with these these tracks, and they've just decided they don't want them. It's like, what? Why did you buy them then? It's like, what? Because what are they yeah. gonna do? They're not. They're not willing. They they clearly say, oh well, it, it you know it's not economical. Well, it's not economical because you guys don't do any. You you focus only on the NASCAR side. I understand in- that you're owned by NASCAR, and I understand that like NASCAR owns the tracks, and NASCAR wants to do what's in NASCAR's best interest, but you also own these tracks now. You yeah. have to do what's in the best interest of the tracks, which is host races, you know, because and in a lot of cases, some of these races, you know, some people you just give them like a rental fee or whatever, and they'll pay it, and they'll show yeah. up. You don't got to do nothing. You don't got to promote it. You don't just, just have some employees to work the concession and security and call it a day.
0: And that's part of the rental fee stuff. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And they, yeah. they don't They don't take that opportunity. They just let tracks just sit there, empty. Like, I am so angry that Michigan just sits empty, like, for, you know, 10-ish months of the year. It's just just a waste. Just such a waste. You know, and and it's not just Michigan. I mean, Homestead. What does Homestead do outside of hosting its one cup race now that's not even the season finale anymore?
0: Uh, They have uh, Indy... Uh, Road to Indy uh, testing in the spring. That's the only thing I can name. I'm sure. I'm sure these trailer tracks like have events,
1: but they're not but, promoted. They're not promoted. They're so not, how are they going to break even? How are you going to earn any money that that you used you would supposed to earn? Like the, a racetrack is not supposed to sit idle eleven out of the twelve months of the year.
0: Not not know? not 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 anymore. Not anymore. again there was a time you could do that and all you would have to do is promote your one or two maybe three races a year that's all you had to do now that's not the that's not the problem and so you know to kind of re- bring it back to what the original quote you were referencing was to how he envisions like going to all these temporary circuits i think that's the biggest disconnect i've heard oh absolutely yet i mean i'm just like and again, it, and it goes back to what we were talking about, like think of the couple shows this year. Who's running the show there? You know, who is, who is running the show there? I need someone from NASCAR to step up and, and be the, the... I feel like when we started watching, let's, let's actually, we're let's, let's, let's running it back to 2005. So after Bill French Jr. has passed.
1: And if after a- the chase, after Brian France, you know, does his well, thing.
0: Well, yeah, but 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 that's not my point. My point is when there was a piece of news that had to be delivered, whether whatever it was, whether it be competition series, and an annou- new announcement for a uh, a change in the championship or a new date change, whatever. The two people you heard from were either Brian France or Mike Helton. Right now. That's true. Right now, you have like six or seven people you hear from. And I feel like the message is not cohesive from from them. And I think that's what's frustrating the teams. That's what's frustrating the fans. That's what's frustrating every part of this. And like again, like this here, so you're taking away a track. You aren't going to build a proper short track. You're going to build a temporary one. So you're not even going to go out and... Co-lease, Kern County. You're going to build a temporary NASCAR Euro wheel and modified or wheel and Euro Series esque
1: oval track in California. Yeah, what are they going to do? Is they just going to set it up in the parking lots of one of the warehouses? At this point, just go to Long Beach permanently with them. Seriously,
0: I mean, Rob, we probably need to move on though. But like that, that if you had anything else to add, I do think it's like I, 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 I mean.
1: Look, we spent we'll 30 minutes about- on the news. We said we didn't have a lot of news, and then we spent 30 minutes on it. So that's pretty much par for our course. I think our listeners have come to understand that we lie all the time, except for when we're giving the news. Um, we, we tell the truth about the news, but then we lie that it's going to be short. That's what I meant. Um, it, yeah, It. look, I, I. you're right on this. You're absolutely right on this. For I, I'm so frustrated with the lack of direction. I mean, for all... All the criticism I give IndyCar, the very least I know where who's making the decisions. And mm-hmm. it's Roger Penske. I know it's I know he's the guy who's making the decisions, so I know, you know, okay. What you know, I, you I know who to be, be upset Penske with, but I, I I'm yeah, Penske or Mark Miles, right? Yeah. No. And that's been the case for a long time. I have my disagreements with Mark Miles, but you know, for the most part, he does some things that are good, he does some things that are bad. It, usually it evens out to just getting indycar where it is now like stagnant meh blah still fun still amazing still has amazing racing but like in terms of enticing people with like literally anything new they just keep the status quo every single year. and and i this is so quiet crazy because i preached nascar to do that keep the status quo like that that was your bread and butter like keeping the status quo is what led to the boom yeah, I think I don't Like the boom didn't a, stop until
2: we changed the status quo. That's a conversation
0: for another day. That's a conversation for another I day.
1: I understand. I understand. Yeah. But it's it's just always funny how it's like the complete opposite. You know, IndyCar needs to be IndyCar needs to be doing what NASCAR's doing. And NASCAR needs to be doing what IndyCar's doing. And there's there's just a disconnect there. Josh, I have okay, I am before I do get on to another conversation, I am going to turn the keys back over to you, and you're going to right the ship and take us home, and hopefully, not, not make our listeners like, turn off.
0: <laughs> well, let's go ahead and run into the pe- featured paint scheme, because I'm going to turn it right back around to you. We're going to talk about uh, what we were, what paint scheme we want to feature from the 2019 in uh, IndyCar series season, and. uh, you know this was the first I, I did not go back i i apologize to our listeners who have, who have been a long time 2019 was the first year we did the show and yep. i do remember if we did like a favorite indie car paint scheme from that year uh but this isn't necessarily like a favorite scheme it can be anything you know it's just a featured one one we're one we're tossing out here so twenty nineteen IndyCar Series, Rob, what, what paint scheme are you wanting to talk about or, or what are you paint scheme are you going to talk about here on the show today?
1: I, I honestly forgot how amazing this one looked. Um this Sage Karam ran uh for dry and racing uh a Wix filters car in twenty nineteen at the Indy five hundred, just only in the Indy five hundred. Um this car is i I am very sad that I did not appreciate this car properly when it was running, because this is one hot car. I mean, black and yellow in general is hot, but mm-hmm. I, I just love the Wix filters color there. Like it's such the and, and, and even closer, like the logo for Wix filters is just like in gray, all over the black of the car. It's amazing it's like amazing details. like it it's it's a design. But it's just the logo. It's amazing. I really have only happy things to say about this car. Um, I would not be upset to if I saw it again. I would love to see it again. I don't know if I'll ever see it again, but uh, maybe maybe it'll show up in a vintage. No, no, probably DRR. Probably take, keep some Whatever. Anyway, that's my featured paint scheme. I was a big fan of it, and I was also a really, really, really big fan of yours, Josh. So. <laughs>
0: I I I kind of chose mine intentionally to make because I thought this one is one you would pick. Oh, um, oh, okay.
1: Well, that's fair. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I genuinely like this one too. Um, but in there, if you go back to 2019, you're gonna find there was a lot of blue Indy cars like this season, and this one, the Gallagher Insurance Chevrolet driven by Max Shilton and Connor Daly for Carlin, um. I like this car was not the fastest car in the field. Uh, Never really had a legitimate shot to win, Um, but it looked good. Carlin had some good cars, good-looking cars, um, like many teams before it and since. You can have a great-looking car, but if you're not fast, at least you still look good. Um and you know the the two shades of blue with white trimming, I mean, and plus I don't I don't don't know I just it is always popped. I could always pick out this car in the field, always where wherever what wherever was like oh there's 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 Chilton, or if we're at an oval oh there's there's Daily you know there you go. Uh, so I I just always liked the 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 two tone blue. Of course I'm I'm always big on like orange and black and green and black. Uh, race cars, but like a two-tone blue is also legitimately one of my favorite one of my favorite combinations. Like, um, like for instance, uh, some of Jeff Gordon's Pepsi schemes were like always some of my favorite oh. ones. So, um, yeah. So this one, you know, best finish for Daly was actually a Gateway. He finished sixth, uh, but Shelton never even finished in the top ten. And his best finish was at eleventh of Portland and failed to make the Indianapolis 500. Uh, along with uh, Fernando Alonso this year, so um, who else? Who else missed the 500? Was there three cars that missed the 500 this year?
1: That year, Which, yeah.
0: Um, was like the other?
1: Uh, yeah, it was all the Carlin cars.
0: So both Carlins and Fernando missed the 500. That Fernando
1: year. was basically a Carlin car. Yeah, it's
0: true. Uh, he That's true.
1: he had because because yes, because I remember that was the year that I was. That was the big story. He uh, he wrecked his primary, and they bought. The T car from Carlin. Because they didn't have another car. Mm. And that was that was also the year that they They got all mad at Carlin because it wasn't the right shade of papaya orange.
0: Yes. And it, wasn't it was the right like,
1: a, you wonder why you didn't make the field. You wow. Were <laughs> no yeah, wonder yeah, yeah. you missed the show. You were more concerned about the color the shade of orange on the car than you were about actually making it go fast. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh well, so good. Two great paint schemes there. I think we pick. I, I do like yours as well. I, I do like the Wicks. I always have liked the Dry and Bull cars. It is hard to dislike them.
1: DRR never misses. They don't. and that, that is. That Remember is Justin Wilson's cars with when he was with him. Them the Z Line designs, the Charter Communicate. Oh my gosh, those were yeah. bangers. Well, that was the
0: featured paint scheme 2019 IndyCar series. Let's go ahead and move on to the hard hitting questions in the upshift downshift segment of the show. Uh, if you're a long-time listener, you you are very familiar how this works and we thank you for being familiar and listening to us. If you're new, newer, you just need a reminder or actually told on how this works. Upshift means we dis- agree. Upshift means we agree with the with the statement. Yeah, downshifting. We disagree. We throw it into neutral. Rob and I will do that from time to time. We tried to actually take a stance, but sometimes, you know, you, you know.
1: Sometimes you just have it, to it, be
0: neutral. It just has to be neutral. It has to be. Uh, so, with that, we've got we got we got several on the docket today because uh, we were lack lacking on the news. So, in a couple of these are news more related as well. So, the first one: NASCAR held Carson Hosovar for two laps for intentionally attempting to wreck. Taylor Gray in the Truck Series race. Do you upshift or downshift that the penalty was correct?
1: Shift that the penalty was correct. But what I honestly downshift is the fact that NASCAR never seems to be consistent on penalties. Like, what is are, is this the precedent now? Like, is this the precedent we're going to set? Because good, good, more of this, more of this. But I didn't see it in the Xfinity Series. Well, it didn't happen in the Xfinity Series, but I definitely didn't see it in the Cup Series. Not like, I'm, I'm, I'm just. I really want NASCAR to just be consistent. I just want them to be consistent. And this is another example of them being consistently inconsistent, where they make a good call. They make a good call here, so I'm gonna praise them because it's a good call. But I know next time they're probably not gonna make the same call, and that's what's frustrating me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, wow, well, you, you. I can't really add to that. I mean, other than I downshift, that he, he failed at it. Um, I loved how the, the booth was, or Michael Waltrip was trying to like, ah, that
1: tire was down. Maybe he lost control, you know? And, and, and you know what? Michael Waltrip is like me. He gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. And it's, it's our faults. It's, it's a fault for us. It's a fault for Mikey. He gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. He doesn't want to think that Carson Hosevar, who's a nice kid to him, would do yeah. something. He's too wholesome. Look at his Instagram. It's too wholesome. Michael Waltrip's Instagram is like the most wholesome thing in the world. Yeah.: So, Carson.
0: Yeah, man, you can't do that stuff. So I mean, I upshift they got it right. whoever was making the call that night in the tower, got it right. 100 percent. So can't Can't say much more about that. So except to Carson, don't do that again. All right, second one here. Kevin Harvick said that NASCAR ratings are down because more people watch when Chase Elliott is in the race. Do you upshift or downshift?
1: This is another one where it's like, yeah, I upshift. I mean, he's not wrong. I think he's right. I think, obviously, Chase is the most popular driver. I feel like most NASCAR fans probably would tune in just because it's NASCAR, right? It's it's habit, right? It's habit for us. Every Sunday afternoon, you know where we can be found. Right. Yeah. Um but at the same time, you know I think ratings have been down since Jeff Gordon retired, since Dale Jr. retired, since Tony Stewart retired, since Matt Kenseth retired, since uh well, I still watch since Casey Kane retired, but since Danica Patrick retired. I mean, like, you lost a lot of reasons to watch in a very short amount of time. Right? And then you combine that with the fact that people just aren't watching T V anymore. If they are watching T V it they're what they're streaming. Like it's it's hard to reach new audiences, period, especially when the only way to access your product is through an antiquated means. Like there's F one you could subscribe to ESPN Plus and watch the whole the whole thing. Like they did that now. F, like ESPN did that. They did that for yeah. For kids, basically. Kids wanted to watch F1. They didn't want to have to pay for cable, so ESPN did this. Obviously, they have the financial means to, but, like, again, are NASCAR races on Peacock? No.
0: Yeah, they are if they're on NBC, but they're not if they're on USA.
1: Yeah. Not all of them. Okay, so not all of them. This is is a... That's a disconnect. That's a disconnect that we have here. I think... I think a lot of it, I think I think Harvick is right. I think people do start stop, stop watching when their favorite driver is is not racing. You know? I I I will admit. Again, I I will be completely honest. 2019, 2020, man. Those seasons without Casey Kane. It was hard. It was hard for me. I really it was like especially right after like the the that brickyard that Casey wasn't in, like, the next race, like, I was like, dude, I don't even care. I was watching it, I'm watching this race, and just, I'm thinking subconsciously, like, where's Casey? Where- oh, he's not in this race again. Then why am I watching this? You know? <laughs> that, 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 that was just was going through my mind. So it's like, I, I think there are people that are like that. They're not like... There's not people like me that's going to push through that and be like, you know what? I like the sport, not the driver. You know, I, I loved Casey, and I'm sad he's not in the series anymore, but, like, I'm still a NASCAR fan, darn it. And I was a NASCAR fan before Casey Kane came in, and I'll be a NASCAR fan after, right? That's kind of, that was my thought process. There's a lot of people who probably didn't think that. Like, I mean, imagine there's a whole group of people out there that never, like, even like you and me, Prior to 2015, we had no idea what NASCAR was like without Jeff Gordon. Like, we just didn't. Every—if since you and me had been watching NASCAR, Jeff Gordon was just there. hmm He was just—he was just there. And we relied on him. We liked him. You know, you liked him a lot. Uh, you know, I remember Jeff Gordon was so popular. My grandma used to ask me every time there was a race on, How's Jeff doing? How's Jeff Gordon? I love Grandma. Um, but it, that's the thing. I, I don't think Kevin Harvick is wrong. I, I think that there are a large subset of fans that do not have a made, like, do not really feel like there's a reason to watch if Chase Elliott is not in the race. Um, I think that there are other factors that attribute to it far more deep than just Chase Elliott. But I think Harvick has a solid, has at least some kind of a point. I don't think he's wrong. But again, it's not, I don't think it's the main reason why the ratings are down. It, but it, it, it can con- contribute, yes.
0: Upshift and, he's right, I upshift. But I downshift that that's what's got to come out of his mouth. He's retiring, but... So maybe, in a way, he should care. He's going to be in the Fox booth next year. Maybe only for one year, if uh, Fox doesn't come back. But here's what I was saying. like This is, this is what I've been preaching before. What are the young drivers doing, the, the, or the less tenured drivers, maybe is how I should phrase it, what are they doing to get people to stay and watch and say, you know what, my favorite driver just retired. I like this guy now. I like what he is. I like what he's doing. I, li- I like the sponsors and brands he's with. What are these drivers doing to, to, to fix that? What we're, they're not doing anything is the
1: answer. So... I think the only one that is is Bubba. And even then, yeah. it's not as good as it could be.
0: Right. And I think, I, think, I think you have... I see Ross Chastain making ground and making fans... Bubba's doing some stuff.
1: Bubba's attracting a whole new demographic, which is great yeah. in and of itself. I think there's I think he could do a lot better at just reframing himself more. retry trying to reframe himself more as like the fan favorite. You know, do more of those things where he was playing football during a rain delay. You know? And that I don't know. It I know Bubba's got his own issues, but I just feel like I've always felt like he's doing a lot, but, you know, he's part of that generation that knows that 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 watched that grew up that knew that. Sorry, I I'm off topic now. I'm sorry.
0: I just think that we got these 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 drivers need to need a kick in the butt is what they need. And, you know, I, 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 it, I my goal as a driver is to find one sponsor who wants to back me for the entire season. Right? You wanna have that relationship. But the problem is you got you can't start today's NASCAR, you can't get start there. So you gotta work your way up. And to me, it, it it is it is a privilege to be there, but yet it's also a sacrifice. There's a price you pay to be in NASCAR in, in the and the highest level of the Cup series. There's and just like it's now it's becoming a price to be in F one with the amounts of travel that they do. Yes, they run ten less thirteen less weekends, but they There's still a price there to be paid um, to be in the highest level and if you want to be there. You want to leave, your goal should also be leave the sport better than you found it. And right now, I think think it's going to take a lot of a rude awakening, right? There's not a whole lot of effort at the track uh, going out with some of these drivers. Um, I think as an industry as a whole, they need to be better at that. You have less track time. Why are you not spending one hour on Friday and Saturday with the fans doing something? Going with the track. I understand, like, and it, it can not get complicated if you if the track's Chevrolet and you're a Toyota driver or the track's Ford and you're a Chevy driver. That can be complicated, but there, you can find ways because I guarantee you that the track promoters are like, yeah, absolutely. Brad Keselowski, you want to come here? We're Chevy track. We'll find a spot for you to do something. 100%, right? That is, that is what is missing. So when you can't, uh, you can't attract fans to the track, you can't attract them to watch television, and you then you can't, and, and vice versa. You want to attract people like, oh, I like that guy's personality. And every single time you get out of the, and every time you get out of the car, you're like so down and glum. No one's going to want cheer for you either. So, find a personality. That's what I got to say. I know that, that took a really weird turn with this question of why ratings are down, but it's, not just chase, like you said. It's not just one thing. It's multiple things. So I'm sad that we can't that that kind of Kevin didn't throw everyone all of his competitors underneath the bus and say, look, they all could be doing a lot better.
1: I wanted to add to that too, more to your point. I think I brought this up last year during the Brickyard weekend. My biggest complaint last year too was, like, again, I'm they're on a media credential, so I don't care. I'm not looking for this. But like, if I was a fan. I was really, really really miffed that the only driver availability, like, that whole weekend, was Kyle Busch signing autographs outside the Speedway across the street. Yeah. And giving away rowdy energy drinks, because Speedway sells them. That's where I get them.
0: It's it's exceptionally sad. I remember you talking about that. That's not the way it should be.
1: No, because I remember, like I was saying, when I was a kid... There were tons of opportunities to meet the drivers. Like, I, Dodge Racers on the Circle was the coolest gosh darn thing in the world. Even, you know, even not even, not even that long ago. In, in 2013, 2014, I, always, I think it was 2013. Uh, no, it was 2014. Um, Chevy had a whole stage at IMS where they had, like, they would, they would bring all the Chevy drivers on. And you know, fans could ask them questions, and and then you know, whenever they were done, then they would go and meet and take selfies with the fans, and talk, and sign autographs and stuff. That was in 2014. I have literally, I have not seen that at a NASCAR race. I've seen it. I've seen it.
0: The problem is, what Kevin. they typically a lot of it is filled with Xfinity drivers, um, but or, or lower division drivers because the Cup guys. They act like they have a bunch of time. Or they don't have a lot of time on their hands. It's like bull crap, you do. You have a lot of time on your hands. You just don't want to spend time doing it and working the crowd. And to be honest, it is kind of a... I'm getting... It is a turnoff. And I'm sure it is for, for many people. So, yeah. Um, like, Toyota has a stage at Charlotte with it being a, Char- a Toyota track. So they usually have something there. But it's just... It's not just Chase Elliott. Absolutely, he's playing a role. He's playing a role in it, but it's not just him. Let's move on to the next one here. The incident between Scott Dixon and Potter Award should have landed Award a penalty. Do you upshift or downshift?
1: Ah, uh, I upshift that. That was an egregious move. Uh, I think Scott Dixon had a had a great point. Um, Award just sent it, and I and he sent Dixon in the wall as a result. Like I don't know he, I don't know where he was thinking he was going to make that corner. He didn't have the corner. Like, anybody with eyes could see that he didn't have the corner. Right? Like, Dixon was turning in. He made the turn way too late. And the only... He used Dixon, essentially, as, you know, the, 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 the apex to the turn. <laughs> he did, okay? He used Dixon as the turn's apex. Like, I, I don't... I don't know how he doesn't get a penalty for that. I, and, and Dixon is right. If, if IndyCar is not going to penalize someone like that for doing that, then, yeah, okay, gloves off. Now, now it's gloves off, and I hate the fact that he has to say that because I complain about this all the time in NASCAR that there's no respect, and here we go. Pato's going out there and giving no respect, and then saying he's not going to apologize for it. I'm like, dude, watch the replay. You're on the wrong here. You're, dude, watch the replay. Okay, you sent it in there. Wait, you weren't even on the right. You weren't even in the right line. Like you were not going to make the corner with the line you were taking. Okay. And the only reason you made the corner, again, is because you hit Dixon to do so. You had to use him as the buffer, as the apex, in order to make the rest of the turn. And it's ruined his race as a result. So I I have no idea what is going on. I don't know if Brian Barnhart got back up in race control or whatever, but... <laughs> Actually, I I, I... I shouldn't say that. Barnhart was not as bad as he was it, it, i'm still i just i still cannot get over that leo 2010 edmonton and i will never get over that i will never get over that he just took the race win away from him for like no reason and never never bothered to give it back never never gave it back why would he block his teammate he didn't even block his teammate he
2: he arced the corner god sorry keep going i i mean it's
0: This is a... I, I agree, like, he didn't get the corner, but I also see, like... I could see When the in-car camera... Like <sighs> He had this... I could see Pato's point of view and why he thought he could make the corner the way he attempted it.
2: Do I think... I don't know.
0: It wasn't... You're right. He, it wasn't the right line. But I feel like the IndyCar... They either the, the IndyCar race control did one or two things. One, they totally missed it and they didn't see it. Or two, they were like they they did they pulled the Colin Cow herd and said with a flag in football. Is that is that roughing the passer? If you say maybe no flag. So you don't throw the flag at all. If there's any doubt, you don't throw the flag. So maybe IndyCar was like, is that no flag. No penalty. I think that was the I think that was the process, and that's kind of like what I looked at. I'm like, yeah, that's bad, but it was also a word just being aggressive. In yes, it ended the day of Scott Dixon. It it did, but
2: I can't
0: I can't fault him for trying to go for something as he's you know he's. He, I think he's very hard on himself. He's felt like he's had two races this year taken away from him that he should have won. He could easily have two wins this year. So he's chasing that first win of twenty twenty three. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to upshift that he probably should have got a penalty. He probably should have, but it's an exceptionally soft, soft upshift. Uh, Harrison Burton is on the hot seat with his ride with Wood Brothers Racing. Do you upshift or downshift?
1: Uh, depends how much money Dex wants to keep shelling out. Honestly. But, I mean, he's struggling. I mean, he's not had a single good run. Like, of all the rookies from last year, and even from, like, Ty Gibbs has good runs. Todd Gilliland was running up the front. Todd Gilliland has had a lot of good runs. Um, just period. Uh, and arguably, he's in worse equipment than Harrison is. I mean, Harrison is basically in a Penske pen- pen- car. Well, I shouldn't say that either, because Ryan Blaney and Austin Sindrick, I don't know what the heck happened to them. I'd, shoot, man, I don't know what's going on. Both of them have just been completely backmarkers all year. So I, maybe, maybe it's just Penske in general is just putting all their money into Logano. Like, I don't understand. How can Logano go and win the championship last year and then Blaney and Sindrick just run like crap when I know both of them are good drivers? <laughs> Like what is going on? What is going on? How does this? How does this happen? Um, but in general, no, Harrison. He's just the thing about it is it's like he's just so average and and mediocre. And I just I don't I have not seen like a performance out of him that's really made me go, oh yeah, wow, look at Harrison, look at look at him go. Most of the time he's getting lapped or he's a caution or he's an also ran or he doesn't do anything during the race you know and it, it really makes but it really makes me wonder Is like did is is he here for the dex money or you know I, I i hesitate to say this i really and truthfully do hesitate to say this and i am so sorry to everybody i am so sorry to everybody who's gonna have to hear this but in all honesty, I'm starting to think Maddie D should've gotten a three a third year and Harrison should have done another season next because this is It's it he he just hasn't adapted like all the other rookies have. All the other rookies have had solid runs or at least flashes of of speed. Harrison hasn't. I I don't know what to say. That that that's why I'm I'm thinking I'm 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 upshifting that.
2: Yeah, the 21 car hasn't had a good run since Mat-
0: Matt Benedetto Hasn't. He, they, if, if you can say, oh, but he finished pretty good here, I'm like, okay, super speedway or luck. All right? A good run, a good race. He hasn't put a good, complete run of a race together
1: Like yet. When has he been running up front, like, during the end of a stage, even? No, he hasn't. Exactly. Like, when, when does he earn stage points? Like, do you ever see him earn stage points? Like, no. <laughs> no,
0: I I I, I think he's got to be on the hot seat. He has to be. I mean, if he's got to be on the hot seat and saying it with with a sense like, okay, Dex is bringing us ten million dollars a year. If someone brings us eight million, you're gone. Right? That's kind of the way I see it. Like they don't have to bring ten, but if they bring eight or something close to ten, you're gone. I I, I think. And then, Rob, you might disagree agree with this because I know we've, we've argued about it before, but I'm like, he's like Cole Custer. His ceiling is the Xfinity Series, and that's it. I think that's where he's at. I think Todd Gillen, who skipped the Xfinity Series entirely, has absolutely shown better flashes of, of brilliance. And to be quite honest, if Zane Smith replaces him next year in that 38 car at front row, Wood brothers should take a look at Todd Gilliland. That's that's the reality. So I don't know. It's it's I, I, I uh, shit. If I, I could have just not, take
1: Zane Smith and leave Todd as by himself. But
0: I mean that could be true. But I think I think I think Zane gets along with everyone very well at front row. He wants he 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 nearly won a championship with them and. um or he did win a championship with him, excuse me. He did, and yeah. he's, he's off And he's off to a great start with him this year again, and I think he's one of the top, he's one of the five guys to beat this year in the Truck Series, and that team's very, very, they work very well together. They work very, they they they, they just mesh exceptionally well from top to bottom. So I don't see Zane going to Wood Brothers. I think Zane, if Zane can stay with front row and run and replace Todd, it's suck. you know
1: sucks for Todd but again if Todd goes uh, to Wood brothers my only question is 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 it Harrison or is it the car because again Cindric and Blaney have been Ford, running I mean, like crap Ford, so I
0: think Ford is struggling in general I think Ford is struggling in general but we're seeing flashes of, of good speed from everyone just not consistent flashes but you haven't seen that from Harrison right so I think it's I think it's more Harrison than the car. And that's why I think he's on the hot seat where, again, if someone brings even close to whatever he's bringing to the table, he's gone. He's gone. So,
1: I hate to say it, but that's where I land with it. So. I, I'm, I have no issues. Why, why, why can't the Xfinity series just be stacked? Like I mean, why why, yeah. why why can't we watch Cole Custer, Brandon Jones, John Hunter Nemechek, and I, and Harrison Burton race for wins every week, and Justin Allgaier? You probably will be seeing that in twenty four. That's my guess. But that that just seems like a compelling and interesting and fun product to me.
0: Yeah, because all of those me.
1: drivers are good in the Xfinity series, and all of those drivers are fun to watch drive. Yeah, I see. We'll it. see. Okay,
0: we'll see. All right. One year from now, one year from now, NASCAR will be racing on the streets of Long Beach. Do you upshift or downshift?
1: Oh boy! A year from now, probably not. Maybe, maybe a couple of more years down the line. I maybe NASCAR is going to eventually admit to themselves and to the rest of the fans that they've actually sold all of the viable land of California Speedway, and um. Just have to accept that the short track's not going to happen. Uh,
2: and when that happens, I think if this is what they want, if
1: this is what they want, they want the street courses. This this makes sense. This makes sense. But again, probably not twenty four. I would say twenty twenty six is the earliest. To be honest with you. Maybe twenty five if we're if things roll quicker than I think. But in all honesty, I. I Again, and that's all, again, sorry, this is all akin on the Chicago street race being a success, which if it's not, I don't think the Xfinity race is going to be a success. I think the cup race will probably be interesting, but I think the Xfinity race is going to be a complete disaster. Mark okay, my words.
0: I think, yeah,
1: it's, yeah, it's. I don't think you can run those Xfinity cars on a street, on a street course. I think cup cars, maybe. I think cup cars, the way they, the way they are now. You know, the way, you know, they got the the smooth underbody and everything, you know, maybe, maybe. But those those Xfinity cars are going to just destroy everything they touch. Anyway, continue.
0: Oh, man. I I don't think they've been working on next year's schedule yet. I think this could be one of those deals where, like, they have in front of them... They're talking with Speedway Motorsports. They're talking with their tracks. They're, they're talking with the, uh, pardon the interruption. There, they're talking with the the other independent tracks of Pocono, Indianapolis, and Gateway, and they've got a couple different options of of what twenty four could look like. Um, and if the street course is either a and enough of excess, or say they see B, okay we can see where there's strong potential and this just isn't it but it will work at Long Beach there's your socal entrance then they go with whatever they they start flipping to the schedule where Long Beach is on it i think that's po- i i think it's possible it's not zero it's not 90% chance but i it's 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 somewhere in the middle there where i think they could go to Long Beach if Again, they're going. to I'm going to call it, you know, the, the pain and suffering tax. They're going to have to probably go there. They ha- they can't race the same weekend as IndyCar in IMSA. Absolutely because, no way, because they have to. They'll have to change the corner, the final corner that that U tight. You they'll there. have to
1: change the course in general. I don't. I don't yeah. even think they'd be able to run. I think the cars would be too big to even be able to run the um the the fountain section.
2: At the very least, you would not be able
0: to go too wide through there. It would, it would be okay. physically impossible. And that, that, you got to sort yourself, out. or physic. It may not be physically impossible to to if you move some of the, some of the barriers. But either way, they'd have to run a the week, so they're either going to have to construct the course a week. They're going to run a week earlier to IndyCar and IMSA, or they're going to run a week after. So you're going to have to pay a pain and suffering tax to have everything delayed one week. Right. So yeah, I, I'm not, I, it's possible. I'm going to, I'm going to upshift just for the crap and giggles of it. I'm going to upshift. I think one year from now we're racing at, 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 at Long Beach. I, I'm going to, it's going to go out on a very, very thin limb and, and say yes, because I, because I can, because I'm half of the show. So <laughs> I don't have to answer to all right, do you upshift or downshift the race in Martinsville for the NASCAR Cup Series was better than in
2: 2022?
1: I uh I don't think it was I I, I think it was again it was about the same. I don't Martinsville is Martinsville's now an, an interesting thing because it's like okay, well, we fixed we fixed Richmond. We fixed the the road courses, but now now Martinsville's kind of still messed up, you know. We haven't we haven't gotten the right package down from Martinsville, and I think a lot of it was I, I think a lot of it, honestly, was was, was the tires. I think a lot of it was just the fact that the tires just there was no fall off. I mean, I think that's a big I mean, case, yeah. I mean, it 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 didn't look it looked like passing was again hard, and it looked like the only way to really make a pass was to slam into the car in front of you. You know, get them, get them moved out of the way. I mean, that's... Look, I'll be honest with you guys. I... This is totally off-topic for a minute, but, like, I freaking hate when NASCAR and IndyCar are on at the same time.
0: Mm. Especially
1: now. Since I I'm I'm actively, like, covering IndyCar races, which means I have to actively pay more attention to the IndyCar race than the NASCAR race. The only time I can actually look at the NASCAR race during it is when there's, like, a commercial or a yellow flag in the IndyCar race. Like, I'm being straight and I I filed my story like I was I'm sitting in a press conference listening and trying to transcribe like during the NASCAR race. So besides that, besides that fact, I did go back and watch the race later. Or at least the parts that I missed. And and that was that was the biggest thing to me. It was like it just looked like you had to to hit the guy in front of you in order to make a pass. It was just so hard to pass. There was no outside lane whatsoever because there was the tires were not re- wearing for whatever reason. The track was not rubbering in like it had been. Uh, I thought it looked like the track was really rubbered in, in the Xfinity race, and then by the time the Cup race came by, it was it was gone. It was like no rubber. I don't know if it rained. I think it might have rained, or if it was it, it, it the night before. I don't know, but whatever it is the surface didn't rubber in the tracks didn't wear enough i don't know that it's the shifting i think a lot maybe it is a lot some people are saying it's the shifting i just flat think you just need a tire that de- that 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 degrades i mean i i'm so i it was it's so frustrating to watch like there's no tire management anymore that's been completely taken out of nascar racing and it's so annoying You know, when the truck series did their little thing where they're running on damp conditions, which, did we have one in here about this? No, we didn't. Okay, so um, I'm going to say this. That was stupid and unfair to the teams and NASCAR owes all of the truck teams the money back for the tires. All right? They just destroyed those tires and, like, they could have easily raced on that track when it was raining, the ra- the, it was like a light mist, okay? It was not a heavy rain. It was relatively a light mist, okay? And I understand they wanted to damp conditions, whatever. They still should have done that. But the best racing in that truck race was when those rain tires started to degrade. Then you started to see some fun stuff. And it's like, wow, you get like a 20-lap little preview of what you used to be able to watch on Sundays and on the weekend and then you go here on Sunday in the cup race and nobody's tire is wearing you know guys are able to do two tires and make up tons of track position and have zero penalty for it like that's that's ridiculous I mean you you could do whatever you want with the arrow, but if if the tires just last forever who's gonna be racing how is that racing like where where is the extra advantage to that like formula 1 there's a lot of people who like formula 1 because of how much tire management you have to do well, there's a lot of people who say formula 1 has too much tire management but it doesn't matter tire management is a key of racing and, and and without it i think any nascar race suffers so again to uh, to, to to my point i downshift that the racing was better i think that it was it was really just about the same it was about is exactly what I expected and it was exactly as it was last year. It didn't really seem to change much at least in my opinion. I enjoyed the Truck and Xfinity races much more.
0: I think you took one step forward. But one step forward wasn't able to make much of a difference. I think I think sir I think last year you had where if your car had to be significantly faster than the car in front of you to pass them. This year, that threshold was, was smaller. But, yeah, absolutely. The Tires are too strong. I think the shifting is, is a problem. They need to find a way to just get rid of first gear at Martinsville to make it irrelevant. Like, like you don't start the car. Like, when you when you put the car in, start flying, fire it up. You don't put it in the first. You put it in the second because that's effectively make first gear or second gear first gear
1: they need to find lower a way the to gear them. ratios of first gear so that basically going yeah. 10 miles an hour gets you close to the rev limiter.
0: Yes, 100%. That's what they got to do. And yeah yeah, I think you said it all there. Um we need to we need to it's like the message is not again, communications not reaching Akron at all to get these tires to 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 degrade and um you said it right there, I think you had the Xfinity tires, the truck tires mostly were, were all good. And the racing was fine. But this
2: I this 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 car is not
0: living up to what we need it to be. Um do you upshift or downshift that the Detroit Grand Prix will have half of its viewing areas free to pub, free to the public?
1: Um. Yeah, I have just this. I think I mentioned it and alluded it to to it earlier. But this is this is the right move for IndyCar. This is a right move for Roger Penske. I think in an era where I think race fans feel maybe a little bit priced out, you know, especially when times are tough, you know. And that's another thing that people have brought up about the decline of racing is you know people just don't have as much money to spend anymore. Um. I think this is a great great way I think to just to revitalize that you know give people another opportunity just be like oh hey it's free oh okay well yeah I'll go you know because if it doesn't cost people money if you're someone like me who is basically for all intents and purposes completely unemployed I mean I I do write I'm a freelancer but I have no regular income right so you know making something free like that that's huge that's huge, especially for people who might be living paycheck to paycheck. Like a lot of people are now. Like this is great. This is absolutely upshift this. I, I I wish more street courses could do this. um, I, I understand it Pensky understand is fully aware he's going to take a loss. And I understand that, like doing this means you incur a loss. but again, absolutely support this upshift
0: can't really add much more to that i mean you know, i think it's a great way to you know potentially introduce it to new people who like i know of it but I haven't watched it so you know one of my biggest complaints with fox is their camera angles and they just don't show the speed anymore and it's all uh, zoomed
1: it, in it's
0: all zoomed in and you know you're watching these old clips of old races now that this 75 years of nascar and you're like they're showing the the,
1: the old tvs remember when you used showing... to be able to see like the whole top 20 at daytona and talladega now you can only yeah. ever see like the top five because they zoom in so much. Yeah.
0: It's so it's just you, the illusion of speed is not going to be lost in someone in person. And I think that that that's a great draw to finding new people is like that that sense of wow, these guys are going really, really fast. Who was that? And I, I yes, you talk about, you know, Fans getting priced out. I think. I think it's amazing to me that people our age spend as much money as they do on like concerts and whatnot. Um, well, thanks to ticket fees. Yeah, and
1: and thank you, Ticketmaster.
0: And it's just like this getting priced out. You know, yes, the 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 inflate the the uh, salaries of and hourly salaries of. People have not kept up with inflation over the last twenty years, so yes, it is more it is more expensive to l- go to a race for one day, let alone an entire weekend with hotels, and if you're traveling far for gas or if you're flying in, it, it absolutely is more expensive. So this is a great way to to sort of give that give back, say hey, enjoy the race, just just come and enjoy it, and all you got it, and at that point all you got to do is. I don't know, don't remember hearing any mention of like concession stands or anything, but your ticket's free. You you can go there for free, and you don't have to spend a dollar. And uh, just have fun and, and enjoy wherever you watch from. So, I hope people, I hope a lot of people take advantage of that.
1: I hope they uh, really wouldn't
0: stop people from,
1: you know, bringing in a sandwich or, you know, yeah, was, a thing yeah, of just beer and water. Back,
0: you know, what that access is, like, is it straight up, like, just walk-up free access, or is it like... I mean, sure... and if it's, if it's if it's free, I mean, I'm guessing there's still going to be some sort of security checkpoint, so you know you don't you know you don't have someone bringing something they shouldn't be,
1: right? But,
0: but you know, hopefully they don't say, "Oh, you can't bring in your your lunch box with your sandwiches and chips and and water." So yeah, I, I but that would be kind of that would be that be that be like a back-end compliment. So, um, yeah. let's go into this next one here. Roman Grosjean wins in 2023. Do
1: you have shift or downshift? uh andretti looks really good gotta upshift that andretti looks really good i don't want to say this i don't want to say this but i get a good feeling about him in may and i just said it i'm upshifting and that's all i'm gonna say
0: i yeah i I upshift as well andretti's looking a lot better i mean for the past couple years it's kind of been the the herder show with everyone else just kind of filling the field for them um even rossi so it's good to see Kirkwood running well. Roman Grosjean was running really well at Texas. I think he had a shot to win that race. You know, just if certain things play out better, he's the one standing in, 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 even on a podium, let alone victory circle. It, he, he probably would have won at St. Pete. And he probably could have won at St. Pete. So I think I think he's, he's got this car down, and Andretti for, has, it's, it seemingly has fixed their issues that have plagued them. So that's good to see. Um yeah, I think he wins one hundred percent. I think he's gonna be one of three injury drivers that visit Victory Lane this year. You know, now that Kirkwood's won. So I think Herda was is bound to win. Um and uh and I think Groan Ro- Ro- is gonna to win too. It looks
2: like uh, uh
1: switching those those switching strategists between yeah. Kirkwood and Herta. Really Where I I, I, I I mean the same thing happened, like as soon as Michael Andretti got off of Marco's pit box. Marco got better. Yeah. I don't... Brian Herda went to Marco, I think it was. Sometimes you just need to switch. Sometimes you just don't need your dad in your ear. The same thing happened to Graham Rahal. Graham Rahal was, like, really bad when Bobby Rahal was in his ear. And then as soon as Bobby got out of his ear, he started winning a lot. (laughs) Uh, Do you love or downshift that Chase Elliott can point his
0: way into the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs?
1: I, I mean he finished tenth on his first race back in a race that was notoriously difficult to pass in, so I'm gonna I'm gonna upshift that. I think I mean he's Chase Elliott. I mean he's a good driver. I mean look, I got I got my other I got criticisms about him, but I I, I can't say that he's a bad driver. He's a great driver. I, I don't if if Kyle Bush could point his way in, then why why can't he? Why why can't he point his way in? I absolutely if he wins if he wins, that'll be easy. If he keeps scoring stage points, like, even if he doesn't win, just keep scoring stage points and then win eventually. Maybe luck into win, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, 100%. I think he
0: can, yes. Um, I wouldn't rely on it if I was his team, but if he continues to... Hendrick Marsh has at speed. Martinsville wasn't an anomaly. They all kind of sh- had their struggles throughout the race, and Chase wasn't very good for him until that last stint. Um, he, he was back in the low 20s. So they found speed. He was able to pass, and he was able to get the top 10 by the end of the race. They keep doing that. They keep getting stage points. I'm sure they're going to win. But if they don't, this is going to be a good way to that they will claw their way slowly. It will be a hey, We got we broke the top 16 with Three or two, or maybe even the last race to go. Um, so I, 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 uh, I think it's possible, but obviously I wouldn't bank on it. So I, I upshift. I'll upshift that. All right, the last one here. NASCAR will institute a rule that is causing, uh, as a result of, let's uh, that is causing, as a result of, the victory celebration, that the donuts and burnouts, uh, because everything's going on fire. Right? They will institute a rule that you cannot do donuts or burnouts when you have mud flaps attached to your car. Do you upshift or
1: downshift? You know what? I would just hope that. I think a lot. Here's my thing. Here's my whole thing about it. The only time we've seen those mud flaps catch fire is when they do the burnout where they're stuck up against the wall and just burning rubber, burning rubber, burning rubber. If you do a simple, standard, you know, Doing donuts, you're then a, a quick burnout across the start finish line, and then get out of your car. There shouldn't be any fires. There shouldn't be any issues. You see the fires happening because of the elongated burnouts. Excuse me. I'm not going to edit that out. I should, but I won't. Um. Uh. Because of the elongated burnouts, like it happened in Zane Smith, just kept doing it kept doing it kept doing it kept doing it eventually things catch fire like the more you do the burnouts the more likely the car is gonna catch on fire so i i'm sitting here like dude if i think i think what what we should be seeing when it comes to penalties is not so much on um you know uh you know i don't i don't think like i think what we're gonna do what they should do is like if you're if if you do a burnout that catches your car on fire like, you're losing points, you know? Like, we're not going to encumber your win, like, whatever, but you're, you're losing points. Like, it's going to be, like, a 25-point penalty. Like, it's, it's going to be something big so that, like, the win doesn't matter as much in the point standings. You know, especially in, in like, say, the Truck Series where, you know, the playoffs can, can get pretty tight. I mean, in the Cup Series, probably nobody's going to care. But, like, in the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series where the playoffs can get pretty tight, um, yeah, especially when it comes down to points, because, you know, you'll probably have like 12 people win, eight people win, you know, eight different people win. So, you know, it it can get it can get tough. So I think I think giving them a points penalty if they catch their car on fire is is probably the right right way to go. Definitely, definitely for that. But I, I hope that they don't just say no more burnouts, because that would be a blanket solution to just a small problem. Like, there's nothing really wrong with burnouts. It's these long burnouts where they, they quite literally are a, a seemingly trying to burn the car down. That's, that's where I think we're having a problem. Rob, you hit the nail
2: on the head. You said it. It's, it's a
0: minor problem, but what has NASCAR been doing this year? They've been taking their, they're putting an egg in their hand and smashing it against their face. Nest, they're right. going to throw down I, I'm going to upshift I think we're going to see a rule that says if there are mud flaps attached to your car you cannot do donuts I think that rule is going to come out <laughs> the sad part is Rob you know what the simple solution is to that
2: a point's up the don't have flammable mud
0: flaps that's that that's the solution to the problem it's not oh, that would,
1: that's just too easy
0: that's my that's my point. They're not going to go for the easy route. They're going to go like, all right, you got mufflops on your car, no don- no donuts, no burnouts, no nothing. You gotta you can you can polish victory lap and wave at the fans and stop on the start finish line, but don't give those social media people at the track and at and at the TV networks a chance to say write it. Unless they want to write your hand salute. So yeah, I think that's uh uh. I think that's gonna be it. It's gonna be an overreaction to the problem. And by the way, John Hunter Nemechek gave us some great pictures out of that. There was some great <laughs> photography and editing as, as as a result of it. Um, but uh, yeah, just
1: let's not act like, like he was
0: wasn't you, trying to do that. Oh, he was. He was trying to burn it down. It was an sure, elaborate right? sponsor plug for crying out loud. It was though. Yeah, but and here's the thing too. Like, I love how it takes forever for like. Yeah, in the race, like all the fire people must just just leave. They must just leave and go like, ah, we job's done. Oh, crap! We got a car on fire. We gotta run back out there. So run, it's funny. Run. All right, Rob, take us through the weekend wrap up.
1: All right, we did have a lot of races this week, uh, IMSO and then Long Beach. <laughs> what a race! Start of the race, fun, fun, fun. You know what happened? Start of the race absolute legend in and of his own right, Sebastian Bourdais, locks his brakes up into turn one and wrecks himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I'm sitting here watching this like, what is going on? No way. And then, and then, it's like, it's like oh, that, that's that's not enough. That's not enough. We got to go to the last two minutes of the race. You've got one heck of a race. You got Matteo Jaminé. He's, he's trying. He's on old tires. He's... He's on a different strategy. And then you got you got old Ricky Taylor. You know, he's flat flying. He's got he's on newer tires, he's on fresh tires, he's like flat flying. He's gonna he's he's getting them. And is he he's gonna make the pass. He turt pulls out, you know, it's two laps to go, three laps to go. He pulls out, makes a pass, and he stuffs it in the tires. He stuffs it in the tires. And I'm like, no way! Oh my gosh. Uh IMSA, IMSA, IMSA. So we've got, like, three IMSA races. So we have the Daytona 24, where you had the insane LMP2 finish, where cars are, like, side by side, right? Then you have the 12 Hours of Sebring, where, like, the top four wreck wreck each other. Uh, And now you have the Long Beach race, (laughs) where Ricky Taylor overshoots turn one and stuffs it in the wall. Right at the very end of the race. So you got three incredible finishes at IMSA in three races. I would say make sure to watch Laguna Seca at this rate. Right? is putting on bangers, man. Um, so in GTP, like I said, the Porsche Penske team of Matteo Jaminet and Nick Tandy were the victors. And then in GTDP, GTD Pro, uh, Vassar Sullivan Racing, Ben Barnacote, and Jack Hawksworth were the victors there. And uh, in the GTD class, the Heart of Racing team, Brian Sellers and Madison Snow were the victors in that class. Uh, IndyCar at Long Beach, Kyle Kirkwood won his first ever IndyCar race. And uh, in winning his first IndyCar, he also sat on the pole. So he absolutely came out and stomped everybody. I mean, he was the dominant car by far. Uh, a big win for Kyle Kirkwood. First win coming at Long Beach. He joins his team owner, Michael Andretti, a, as, as winners at Long Beach. And then uh, also, Juan Pablo Montoya, as a first time winner, Takuma Sato, and Mike Conway. Yeah. So uh, big wins there. And then uh, in the truck series, sadly, we had uh, it, it, was, it was a lot of rain, a lot of rain. Kyle Busch was not exactly happy about uh, how much rain they had. He was upset that they didn't seem to get a long run. But, you know, I thought that for what it was, it was a good, enjoyable race. Uh, but Corey Heim was the victory. He got his first uh, win with his new team, Tricon Garage. Uh, which first is- win for the new team? First win for that that organization since the rebrand. You're right. Uh, The Xfinity Series uh, was in Martinsville. We already mentioned John Hunter Nemechek was the victor. Some great racing in the Xfinity Series. Um, Fantastically fun to watch. Uh, And then the Cup Series at Martinsville, Kyle Larson. Man, I don't... I Honestly, this is the thing that I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. Uh... I was watching the IndyCar race and I just like I said I was watching the NASCAR race at the same time. There's too many things on. There's a Mariners game who was playing, there's an XFL game playing and it was like there's too many things on. I just I had to watch everything back on the DVR. But I just remember like I was focusing on so much on the IndyCar race and I'm 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 writing my story, I'm getting my running, you know, I'm I'm getting ready for the press conference after the race and I look over and I'm like it's like there's like like less than 50 laps to go and I'm like it's is Kyle Larson leading? Where where did he come? I don't remember he being him. When when did this happen? <laughs> you know. Um. So yeah, good. But hey, 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 man, Larson, Larson got it. Um, outstanding performance. Josh, who you got? I, I'm going to get on to Stuart
0: Haas Racing. Um, I think all their cars at one point were you know running up in the top ten uh, at some point or another, and strategy and cautions just and inability to pass and, and for some cars were hindrances to having a really solid day. I, I don't remember the last time I could say all four, aside from maybe like a super speedway race, that all four Stuart Haas racing cars were run well at, at a point in a race. Um, So that that's, it's a step in the right direction. This is coming from you know we've seen some videos on i didn't watch any of them because it's it's usually just too opinionated and and not really news but there there's some nascar youtubers that were like talking about like what happened to stewart house racing and all this stuff like what's going wrong there and
1: because they have all the answers right just like us they ha- they
0: absolutely have all the answers so uh, it's good to see it's good to see them uh pick up pick up good speed and have good races and Everyone left there. Yeah, you may not have the result, but I think everyone had a reason to bat themselves on the back. And by the way, not to go, not to hash up old news, but Kyle Larson's win—the first time the five for Hendrick has won at Martinsville since Jeff Bodine picked up the team's first ever win in 1984.
1: That's that's amazing. And even more serendipitous, again, he does it in the Ricky Hendrick paint scheme too. Like, yeah wow wow that that's that's wow that's something else all right um trying to come back from that wow that's that's <laughs> a lot to process right now um my outstanding performance is going to go to uh kyle kirkwood i mean this one this one was like almost a no-brainer for me like i i'm sitting there thinking like who who else just absolutely blew me away i mean ryan priest did but then he screwed up speeding on pit road so then i like oh Dude, Kyle Kirkwood. Kyle Kirkwood. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the dude was quick at every single session. Like, he was fast in practice. He was fast in qualifying. He was fast in the race. I mean, he looked like a natural out there. This was not like... I mean, and, and I was listening to him in the press conference, too, and he was like... He's sitting here like, you know... He was, he was like, this is this is what to be expected. He's like, you know, when he was in the road to Indy, he was talking about how it usually got... He, it usually took him a couple of races to get get started, but then once he got that first win, he just went go went usually would go on a tear, and I'm like, oh, I bet you that's gonna happen now because now Kyle Kirkwood knows how to win these things. <laughs> he knows how to he knows how to win the IndyCar car races now. He not doesn't just know how to run Indy Lights or Indy Pro or 2000 or um, USF 2000. You know he. He's in the big leagues now, and now he knows how to win one, so the rest of the field better watch out. And watch out for just Andretti in general, because I did not expect Andretti to suddenly be this this good as soon as they shaved off Alexander Rossi.
0: Yeah. All right, well, that's the bulk of the show here for the fun history segment. Uh, uh, rollers featured season. Rob, hope you I enjoy this, this one. I always do like these. Um, yeah, the uh, I'm doing the 1997 NASCAR Bush North Series. Now the uh, now the uh, Arca Menard Series East. That's what the the series used to be called back in the day. Um, if you've been paying attention to NASCAR social media, they they're now releasing the their additional 25 drivers to the greatest drivers in NASCAR history. So you, they're keeping the 50 that they originally released in 1998, and they're adding 25. So they've re, so they've added Tony Stewart. Um, Casey Kane, yeah. Oh, crap, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting the two Uh, other. They just
1: added Greg Biffle today.
0: Greg Biffle, Tony Stewart, Greg Biffle, Casey Kane. Uh, crap, who's the other one? Oh, oh,
1: oh, um, they they added uh Mike Stefanik, I think.
0: You you blew blew it, man. You blew it. That was the one I was not trying to say yet. That's okay. Um, oh,
1: sorry, you're the one who was. Asking the question, I'm sorry.
0: You're good. Um, crap. Who was it? Oh, here he is. Oh,
1: LaJoy. Oh, Randy, Randy Lejoy. Joy. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Randy Why were people yeah. mad about that? Did they never watch Randy Lejoy in the Bush series? The dude was a monster. No, they, they, they clearly, they clearly didn't. No. Also, before I don't want to derail you too much, but I just have a question to this. Um, do you think Frank Kimmel should be added since uh, ARCA is now under the NASCAR banner?
0: Mm, no, no, no. I don't think... And it's, and it's weird. I actually have talked to people like... ARCA's actually not technically a part of NASCAR. It is completely separate. It's just owned by them. So there is no intermingling
1: of anything. Okay, but Frank Kimmel should be added to some list. Like, I, I, think he, I, I think he definitely deserves his
0: recognition. I would say... If, if, you, if you wanted to throw him... Ugh... Dude, the NASCAR Hall of Fame is a problem in itself. They, he oh, deserves no, not to, that. He deserves to be recognized somewhere within the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Somewhere there, I think that. I know this. I know that's like. Hold on, it wasn't NASCAR then, but it's stock car, and I think I think that needs to be. I would. I would love to see NASCAR at the Hall of Fame recognize Arca in like the USAC stock car series, as part of stock car history they need to have they need to have something i mean
1: those played big parts in it did i mean they weren't as big as nascar they weren't nascar but they they were they played just as big a parts as popularizing stock car racing as
0: yeah. i mean across yeah. the
1: country as nascar did in the south
0: yep absolutely so uh but yeah i don't think you need i don't think you can put frank on this on this list sorry frank but i, I mean you did great things but yeah, I can't put them on there. So, anyways, uh, we, we we've listed these off. Mike Um uh, he's one of the he's been one of the NASCAR. He's the first five NASCAR's uh, twenty five driver addition to the greatest drivers uh, in in celebration of the NASCAR seventy fifth anniversary. And so rightfully so, he has nine NASCAR championships. Nine. He's got seven wheel and modified tour championships and two nascar bush north championships one of those was the 1997 bush north series uh season it consisted of technically 22 races beginning at daytona international speedway on february 15th as a joint race with the bush grand national series their first real standalone race uh was at lee usa speedway in lee new hampshire on april 20th and the season concluded on October 18th at Lime Rock Park.
2: I just love uh, stub- the
1: idea that they did companion races of the Bush North and the Bush Grand yeah. National. Yeah. Like, I mean, we think about that, like, the companion races in ARCA. But just, can you just imagine something like that happening today?
0: It, yeah, it, it, the, the closest you get is these ARCA companion ones. Yeah, and that's, even, yeah. even then, it's like, I can't imagine them saying... Oh, Arca, we're gonna we're gonna throw you with uh, the Bush series or the Xfinity series this week up in New Hampshire. You know?
1: No. Like As they'd have to they, run the same cars and Yeah, they'd have to.
0: They would have to. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's just it, but they did back in the day, that's the problem. Like they they I did know. run at least silver car, but now they don't. Like like um, the Winston
1: West, didn't they do stuff with like the Cup series too? Like especially the ex- yeah. exhibition races out and yeah that that's even
0: crazier. Riverside and, and hey, but people forget the first Brickyard four hundred was also that's, a Winston West race?
1: Right, they had like 70 ish entries for that race.
0: You you had eighty some entries for that and and many of them were were West drivers and I think only like one or two drivers from the West made the act. They made the vent. That's yeah. the crazy part. So anyways. Um, back to the 1997 Bush North series, Stub Fabin, Stub Fabin finished 10th in the points.
1: Stub, what was Stub short for? Gotta know that. You know what? Stub Fabin, Fabin, it's it's a good NASCAR name, though. You know what Hutt Strickland's name,
0: uh, first name is? Uh, I've I've heard it before, but it's not as good as Hutt Strickland. It's Waymond Lane. Yeah, not not as good as Hutt. Waymond. Hutt, Hutt is definitely better. Uh, it's old stub here. He finished tenth in points, with seven top tens and two top fives. I should also note here, no one ran all twenty-two races. No one ran all twenty-two. Most ran twenty-one or twenty of these races, and I'll tell you why here in a little bit. Uh, so coming to ninth was Mike Olson, who scored thirteen top tens. Tom Bowles uh, finished in uh, finished season in eighth with one win at Jennerstown along with 7 top 5s and 11 top 10s. Bobby Dragon finished 7th and scored 1 win at Nazareth with 6 top 5s and 8 top 10s. And 6th was Kelly Moore, no wins, but had 9 top 5s and 11 top 10s. And 5th was Brad Leighton, scoring 2 wins at Lee USA and Tioga Speedway, and that was in New York. Uh, Andy Santer finished the season in 4th, capturing a lone win at Stafford Springs. Dave Dion, Finished third with four wins at New Hampshire, Holland International, Riverside Park, and Beach Ridge. Jerry Marquis was the season uh, runner-up finisher in the points with three wins at Stafford Springs, Thompson, and New Hampshire. And Mike Stefanik, as I've mentioned, was the 97 Bush North champion, and he only scored two wins at Epping and Thompson. As I said, no driver ran all 22 races, primarily because of the Daytona season opener. And also, as I will note here, they also had a combination race with the Bush series at Nazareth. So the Nazareth B- Bush race, they ran at Nazareth twice. The first one was the regular Bush weekend. Uh, Randy LaJoy won the Daytona opener, and Elliot Sather won the Bush race, uh, the, the combo race at Nazareth. But they did not earn. Bush North points. So when you look at the final point standings, you see there's 20 wins accounted for. But Elliott Sadler and Land LeJoy are the other two. So that's why some drivers only ran 20. They didn't run the combination or didn't qualify, right? Um, and, and there's only like three or four that qualified for the Daytona race, too. And I don't know how many went, but only like th- two or three qualified. Um, so other drivers who... Who who won races that did not finish in the top ten were Ted Christopher. Um, he only started ten races but won three times. Watkins Glen, New Hampshire, and Lime Rock Park. Dale Shaw won twice in ten starts as well. New Hampshire and Petridge. Ridge. Um, so that was a very snippet look at the '97 season. It's loved. I love to go back and look at these old '90s schedules for what is now the East Series and even the early 2000s East Series schedules. Just and then you count, like, that track's no longer open, that track's now a warehouse, that track's now a housing development. You know, that's what breaks your heart at the same time. So, um, yeah, that was a nice 97 Bush North season for you there. Uh, I wanted to do some, a little something with, with Mike Stefanik. Uh, always good. I mean, think about that. Uh, we, he just doesn't get the he just he he, he has he did never get the recognition while he was alive to to say like look I have more champion NASCAR championships than Richard Petty Dale Earnhardt and Jimmie Johnson you know my he was tro- a legend yeah absolutely so what's in the windshield here NASCAR IndyCar takes a week off and the next race at Barber Motorsports Park on April 30th Supercars returns to Perth on April 28th through 30th. For the Perth Super Sprint. IMSA is back in action in about a month at Laguna Seca Raceway on May 14th. Formula 1 is still two weeks away in the uh, return for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Formula E is uh, also back this weekend. That's good. That is good. They're racing a doubleheader at Berlin's Tempelhof Airport. Super Formula will hold its third race of the season this Sunday at 1 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Rob notes here at Suzuka. Are they running the full course at Suzuka? I believe
1: so I will have to double check. I'm
0: well actually as you not check, sure. I'll finish off the what's in the windshield here. Uh the Arkham Menard series West is at Kern County. We've dropped that name a few times today. Watch this race. If you have the ability to watch the Arkham Menard series West race at Kern County Speedway on Saturday, do so. Do yourself a favor. I think you'll enjoy it and you're like, mm, would love to see Cup, Xfinity, and/or truck at Kern County, and then the NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and Arkham Menard Series. Big the big Arkham Menard series are at Talladega this weekend for three races. Rob, are they racing on the full circuit or the short circuit?
1: Uh, from my it looks uh, from my understanding, it is the full circuit. Yep. okay, great. full circuit. Fantastic. about uh, it says here the lap records, you know, it is for, for set from recently. uh it's it's only about seven seconds slower than f one. so okay. not terrible. Right. Uh, and again, Super formula, believe me, those cars, those new cars, they race really good. They race really good. So um, if you have a chance to watch Super formula this week, um it's on motorsport TV now, I guess exclusively. So I, it, but and you have to pay for it. So, sorry, sorry about that. Um, but if you have the money and you are available to watch it, I do recommend it because they have had some very, the first the first two races at um, at Fuji were, were were very fun to watch.
0: All right. Well, thank you for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, play along with uh, the our upshift downshift on Spotify. And, uh, you know, let us know what you think of the show as well and your favorite paint scheme. Uh, and as we release the episode, uh, tweets, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the little topics that are thrown in there uh, as well? Feel free to comment and, and don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification that, uh, that hey, we've dropped a new episode. Unless you're someone you just like, hey, you know what, I know you're posting it by Thursday afternoon and I'll, get, I'll listen to it then on my way home. If you're one of those people, that's fine too. Um, but uh, you know
1: it posts Wednesday
0: morning for what it's it worth. Wednesday morning, but yeah, some people are like, guy hey, I love this They're Like, ah. I know it releases on Wednesday. I'll just do it. It takes Thursday. forever on Google Podcasts.
1: It, it, it's weird. It isn't it? Isn't it? I don't know yeah. why. It it's the only one that take that has like a full day's delay. Everything else gets it almost immediately. So if you subscribe everywhere else, no problems. But if you're on Google Podcasts, I. I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Can't help it. Can't help it. You still, still subscribe. Right. Still subscribe, but...
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so follow us on social media. Rob is at rpeters33. That's R-P-E-E-T-R-S-33. I'm at roller underscore zero one, R-O-L-L-E-R underscore zero one. The show's at Robin Roller, just as it sounds. R-O-B-A-N-D-R-O-L-L-E-R. So, for Rob Peters, I'm Josh Roller, and this has been... The Racing with Robin Roller Podcast. Have a great Talladega and Berlin Tempelhof Airport weekend, everybody.